I'm Kim Grenolds with Dogman.com with Chris Fetter, Scott Eklund, and intern extraordinaire Luke Munger is actually back with us today, actually on Monday. Had some Wednesday. Wednesday had some nonsense he had to do. He had to go to class. Yeah. So uh, also who does ha- that anymore? I'm a senior. I didn't think seniors had to go to yeah. class. I know. Anymore. I know. It's my last quarter. I might as well skip them all, right? Yeah. We also have an observer, LJ, that you'll be hearing from more down <laughs> more down the road. So LJ is uh, not his real name. Yeah. Well, it is Jack. now. We're it is now. We're protecting the guilty. It is now. But. Uh, it, practice indoors i tried to ask pete on wednesday where's the cutoff where they do outside and inside he didn't give me an answer but today it was inside the dempsey so um some guys really stood out and uh, i think the guy that everybody's been hyping for quite some time had a really good day first uh first scrimmage day with ones on ones and uh jacob eason showed off his arm as well as his touch yeah, um, hit first first two plays were long bombs. First one was an 80-yarder to Terrell Bynum uh, over Keith Taylor. And the next one was Marquis Spiker, and it was kind of between a safety and a corner that he found uh, him down the same sideline. I don't know who the safety and corner were, but... Um, Keith Taylor was a corner, I know okay. that for sure. Okay, so he... He likes throwing against number 27, apparently. I want to say, so, I want to say maybe Cameron Williams. Yeah, it might have been. Don't, don't quote me on that. Yeah, so uh, whoever it was, uh, two great throws by Eason. And uh, we know that the hype train is just going to continue to grow and grow and grow. But uh, just remember, it's day two. So. He earned it today, though. Yeah, he, did. he earned it today. Those, were, I mean, I think the whole place was just kind of looking and going, okay, that was a beautiful pass, you know. So Well, and it's not like he just did it once. He did it twice. And they were both – Back to kind of carbon copies. And um, and he beat Keith Taylor both times, which you don't see that happen very often either. Well, I don't know if I'd say that Jacob Eason beat Keith Taylor. I'd say Terrell Bynum beat Keith oh, Taylor. The way he accelerated to get to the ball at the very end, he just had that last little bit of juice to get to get behind, or get around Taylor and into position to make that, that catch and then took it in stride all the way into the, uh, into the end zone for an 80-yard touchdown. So... Big plays, uh, you know, pretty to see. Something we don't, we didn't see a lot over the last four years because Jake Jake Browning wasn't going to be that guy. So, um, you know, th- that's why they brought in a guy like Jacob Eason, and he showed why on only the second practice of the so, year. So we were all trying to put the brakes on the ice on the Eason hype train on Wednesday. Now all of a sudden it's completely yeah. off the rails because yeah. he he makes those two passes, and now all of a sudden it's like, yeah, that's exactly why we. We thought he could be something special when he transferred. It's like I always say, that's not what he did. That's who he is, you know, and he's capable of making those plays, and that's why he yeah. was rated the number one quarterback in the country. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, though, I mean, obviously, with Coach Peterson, I think kind of his, not necessarily cliche, but his mantra for spring ball is just finding the guys who are going to consistently make plays. So there's no doubt that Jacob Eason can make those plays. It's when he starts to do it practice after practice that he'll probably start to maybe see some separation in that competition. Yeah, it, what was interesting is that I, if we're talking about the quarterbacks, Kim, I really thought all the quarterbacks had great moments. Mm-hmm. This is as good a day, I thought, from the quarterbacks that I've seen in quite a while as a group. There was one session where they were throwing a lot of balls to the tight ends mm-hmm. down the field, and you know, guys like Jacob Kaiser and Kate Otten and, and Hunter Bryant were catching passes. Jack Westover caught an mm-hmm. absolute seed from Dylan Morris. Um, there was a ton of great throws in the middle of that practice period where you could tell the offense was just fired up. And it, it was a great response because I thought really the defense kind of killed it on Wednesday and really showed a lot of things. And, again, the elements weren't great for the offense. But when they got inside, 
the offense really turned the tables, and I thought they had a great day too. It's interesting watching the quarterbacks, and you know, one of you guys mentioned that this may be the deepest quarterback group we've ever seen since we've been doing this. But you know, all the nice things that Jacob Eason did, and Jake Kaner had some moments today, and he looks like he's not—he's not conceding this job to Jacob Eason by any means. And then you get um, Colson Yankoff out there, who's still struggling a little bit with the mental side of the game, but you can see he's really growing on where to throw the ball. Uh, I thought. Uh, Jacob Sermon had some nice moments as well. And the guy that I you know, think is going to surprise some people, Dylan Morris had some nice moments out there today as well. Mm-hmm. He did. You know, Fetters uh, had the, the one note. He just didn't get a lot of reps today. The other guys got more reps. I, I think each one of them got, what, about seven reps twi- twice, about 14 reps each with the with their units, and I think Dylan Morris only got one of about five. So uh, just didn't get as many reps, but he's not going to. You know, that's just – that's kind of the lot of a true freshman quarterback. You know, you're going to have to earn it, and it takes a while. But um, overall, quarterbacks looked about as impressed. And they all showed off big arms at different times. You know, just tight spirals. I mean, Eason's was just and, – and Sermon's to that went to Terrell Bynum later on um, for the big – and we I called it the highlight real play of the day, you know, for um, – uh, Terrell Bynum gets down the field 50 yards. Jake, uh, Jake Sermon, Jacob Sermon just throws a perfect tight spiral down the, down the field. And, um, uh, he, he catches it with Kyler Gordon draped all over him. You know, it was, it was a great catch. Great. He wasn't and draped drew, all over him. He was being tackled. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> well, but let's, let's put the, the other thing on it too, is that, you know, this is a situation where we know Kyler Gordon's got a 42 and a half inch vertical. I think Terrell Bynum out jumped him. And got that ball at the highest point, which, of course, if you're Junior Adams, that you want, that's what you want to see. Oh, you want to see that guy going crazy. So I don't know if the, all of a sudden the switch has gone off or someone flipped it for Terrell Bynum, but he, had he, a really good practice. he showed up today in a way I haven't seen in a, maybe ever. It's, it's he, he, he could be that breakout receiver that they've been looking for, you know, and he's, he's getting more reps out there because Aaron Fuller's not out there. So. And Ty Jones wasn't out there yeah. today either. Yeah, he had, a, he had a cast all the way up past the elbow. Mm-hmm. So um, we'll see uh, how severe that is. But uh, Terrell Bynum surely made the most out of the opportunity, and he looked good. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, we're talking a lot about quarterbacks and wide receivers, not talking a lot about the running backs. You know, uh, it seemed like today they were maybe focused on the passing game a little bit more. Yeah. And then in yeah. addition, you don't really see much from running backs until they get the pads on because yeah. it's just, you know, it's just I mean, what do you see? I, I thought there were a few, I mean, when they went like kind of their live periods, there were a few plays where it looked like there was a big hole and a running back made like a good read and got free. But again, not only are the running backs not in pads, but neither are the offensive or defensive linemen. See, I feel like it's kind of hard to tell um, really how well, I guess, play in the trenches is developing when you probably can't go full speed if you're not padded up. And I've got, I've got a spotlight, a video spotlight on the running backs coming out today. And it, and it more than anything, it just, even though like, Jimmy Lake said after practice, it's it's pajama football right now. I mean, they don't have any pads anywhere. It's just helmets and kind of light bulbs and and um, you know. But you get to see that weight gain on a guy like Kamari Pleasant. You get to see that weight gain on a guy like Richard Newton, and they look good. And so there's not much to gain from it. But I wanted to show people a little bit of what that weight gain was, and and they look. I thought they looked really good today. Well, it's kind of funny because when you're sitting up in the stands and you have that bird's eye view of what's going on on the offensive line and the running backs, it's so much different than being at ground level, which we are at these practices. 
You can't find Sean McGrew. You just can't see him. He hides. I mean, he's in there and he's not that big. But the only time you seem to find Sean McGrew is when he's darting through the linemen. So um, it's interesting to watch the way he hides behind the size of the offensive line. Uh, tell people a little bit uh, today, Scott, about the number ones on the offensive line. Uh, the number one offensive line was what it was uh, on Wednesday, which was Adams and Luke Wattenberg on the left side, Nick Harris in the pivot, and then uh, Jackson Kirkland and Jared Hilbers at left and right, or right, right guard and right t- tackle. And just real quick, I mean, either you or Scott, run down the size of those offensive linemen. Oh, How big is this offensive line? Big. I think they average, I think I added it up the other day. Um, I think they average six five and, and close to three hundred and five pounds somewhere around there. Because you've got Trey Adams at six nine, Luke six eight, yeah, yeah six six. Excuse me, six eight. You've got um, Luke, Luke Wattenberg at six five, and then uh, the runt Nick yeah, Harris. Six okay, two or six three. Um, Jackson Kirkland is six six. Yeah, he's huge, and then you've got uh, Jared Hilbers. Yeah, six six. It's a big. Uh, is this the biggest offensive line we've ever seen, Chris? No, I mean, no, no, because I mean, you, back in the day when From you had Jalen and you had Lincoln Kennedy and you had guys like that, I mean, bigger was always better back in the day when it was three yards and a cloud of dust. From a height standpoint, I think that's correct. I mean, they, they haven't had guys six six across the line like that. Right, but you Nick know. Harris is six one. Yeah. So he's he, he breaks the curve just a little bit. Okay, I understand that, but I, I just, it's rare that we've seen guards. But like your tackles? Yeah, yeah well, but like your tackles, it's six six. And six six and above, pretty much across the board. That's yeah. that's something you haven't necessarily seen. Because even back in some of the good Sark days, you'd have a Senio Calamete, for instance, who's six four, six yeah. four. And and you know what? Even though you know a guy like a Corey Luciano, I mean, you know, he may even play out wide, and he's only six four. It just all really de- kind of depends. But yeah, and Troy Fautano as well. Yeah, yeah, and he's definitely an inside guy too. But you're right. I mean, for those guys, it's it, I would say height wise for sure, and the long levers, the the you know the arms and the wingspan stuff like that. Yeah, that's something you also have to take into consideration. Defense, the horn ball, uh, blasted a few times today. Yeah, uh, Elijah Molden had a pick um, off of a tip pass that I think hit uh, like five players' hands before he actually snatched it out of the air, and then. Um, uh, there, was, there was a bad snap from Mateo yeah, Melee. Yeah, who, um, who recovered it? it was, I didn't see who recovered so it, was, it, but it was recovered by the defense. Jacob Sermon was that quarterback. But, I mean, Mateo Melee played left tackle his whole high school. Well, tight end and yeah. then left tackle, and now he's being asked to snap, so that'll happen. What people need to know, understand is that where we were standing, we have to stand in one corner. So we couldn't see who actually recovered it because it was – the far yeah. opposite side of the field. There was no way we could see what happened. So, um, but there was a bad snap and a recovery by the defense because they blew the horn. Yeah, it's hard to tell on defense a lot of the time when we're not going in pads or even light bulbs because, I mean, it's just guys running around. Uh, about all we're really able to tell on defense is athleticism and if they're uh, keeping their assignments. But, you know, still keeping our eye on that interior defensive line, Scott. Yeah, the, I, I'm um, kind of focused on that a little bit in today's uh, report. I looked at the rotation, Benning Potoi and Levi Alwuzrike were the two starters along the defensive line, but you had a ton of quote unquote starters. Yeah. Quote, yeah. But you have just a ton of guys rotating through there. And Chris is going to uh, talk a little bit, maybe about Mosiah and Nasili Liu, but um, Tuli Legatissim, <laughs> Tuli Letu Ligasanoa, sorry. And um, 
Draco Bynum actually had a, a few reps with the with the second group. Uh, Sam Taimani had some reps. Jason Scrampos, uh, Clark, uh, what's his first name? John. John Clark. Yeah, he he had reps. I mean, they they're just rotating a ton of guys through there, and. Um, you know, interesting. In, in the linebackers, you actually made a good point, uh, Chris, before, um, because la- yesterday we had seen uh, Adefuan Ulafosio outside and Ariel Nata inside, and they those guys flipped today. They were working out with the opposite groups uh, today. Yeah, I kind of get the sense that maybe those guys are going to be Swiss, kind of going Swiss back knives. and yeah, kind of going back and forth a little bit uh, during practice. So maybe one practice during the week they'll do one mm-hmm. side. The other practice, the other. But I will go back to the defensive line real quick. Um, of the of the three, or actually the four redshirt freshman defensive linemen out there, I think people really should start paying attention to Mosiah Nasili Liu. Um, he looked the part today. I mean, he really looked good. He was explosive off the jump. Um, Chris Peterson came actually over to watch a little bit of a Kaikamaloi go run these guys through some drills where they had the the big trash cans and all that stuff around. And he blasted through one of them, and you could you could almost see Chris Peterson mouth like nice. That was good. You know, it's like he really enjoyed that, and um, I just think that he looked really good and had a very solid and productive day. They're talented, mm-hmm. but they're young. Concerns about that youth, Scott? Oh yeah, you're always concerned about it, but um, you know these guys are going to have to step up. You know, the nice thing is having Benning in there. You have. Um, Levi, who's gotten a lot of experience too. So those are kind of going to be the guys who are leading the way and bringing these younger guys along. I think you're, I, I think Thule getting some reps last year. Did Taimani get reps last year? Yeah, like he, he went three games, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So those guys getting reps last year is going to be real helpful to them, but, uh, you know, they've got to, they got to learn fast and they're going to have to learn real quick. The nice thing is you ease, I don't want to say too much in, into the season with Eastern Washington. So, and it's home. So, um, you know, it's a little bit easier than maybe being on the road last year down in Atlanta for your opening game. Had a little bit of an interesting conversation right as you left, Chris, with Jimmy Lake about Alex Cook moving over from um, wide receiver over to safety. I asked if that was somebody he stole or if that was something that was voluntary. And, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy says, I'm always recruiting. So, you know, Jimmy says he recruited him over there. And what was interesting is when um, Jimmy said that when Cook was on his visit, they were recruiting him as a uh, safety. And, you know, you've mentioned several times, Scott, when you take a look at Alex Cook's you know, film coming out of high school. He looked better at safety than he did wide receiver. He special. Yeah. And so, you know, Jimmy said that, um, you know, he's always recruiting, whether it's high school or on the other side of the ball. He said, I got John Ross for a year. You know, so he made mention of that. We asked him if there was anybody else over the, on the opposite side of the uh, ball he was targeting. He goes, oh, yeah, but I'm not telling you who. <laughs> well, but yeah. he, he just said, you know, but he said that when he was on the visit, they recruited him as a safety, but then he wanted to start at wide receiver. And uh, he says, you know, he's a tough physical kid and, you know, it's still new to him. But he said, keep an eye on Alex Cook because, like you said, I think he's got some attributes that we really need to keep an eye on. Yeah, they were they were targeting him a little bit today. He he had uh, had some throws thrown against him and, and plays made against him. But no, good, good player. I'll tell you what, what will be epic is if I mean, we all everybody knows that. We don't know how long Jimmy's going to be here, but what's going to be real interesting is to see the tug of war between um, uh, Junior Adams and Jimmy Lake and or uh, Will Harris for Emeka Agbuka if they're able to get him in the boat, the 2021 kid from Stillicum. That kid could be a stud on either side of the ball. He's basically a better version of Alex Cook. 
and um, he could be special wherever he ends up playing. So that that tug of war should be interesting. Well, to he, he's talked about wanting to start a receiver, yeah, right? He has, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's going to be the best place for him. So right. And to be honest with you, the best part about today with Alex Cook was you could actually tell who Alex Cook was today. Yeah, because he actually wore the number eleven and well, Brandon, no, Brandon McKinney <laughs> no, switched from eleven to twenty three. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm saying Alex Cook was wearing the eleven because Brandon McKinney had switched. But he hadn't switched Wednesday because they were both wearing 11. So that kind of made things just slightly confusing. They kind of built the same way, too. Yeah. It's very yeah. difficult to tell. Yeah. And just a reminder to everybody who's listening to the podcast and follows, you know, the practice reports, everything. You know, practices are set up to emphasize different things at different times. So you're going to have different position groups that are going to jump out at different times. You know, and, you know, we got a ch- little bit of a chance to see Kyler Gordon, but we didn't get a chance to see much of Julius Irvin or Dominique Hampton. Hampton was out there a little bit. Yeah. Well, you know, in another practice, we may see them flash more when a practice is set up more to emphasize certain, certain things. Like I said, you know, we haven't seen much of the running game and I'm sure when they you know their first light bulb you know when they get those shoulder pads on and start popping a little bit they'll probably emphasize the running game a little bit more uh, you know today and uh, Wednesday sure seemed like it was focused on the uh, passing game well I was gonna say today it certainly felt like they were focused on the downfield passing game a lot of balls thrown down the field both in the, both down the sidelines and down the middle and um, obviously that's where I think the offense made great strides today is that I thought they were very effective very accurate for the most part, and um, I thought, and it wasn't just one or two guys. I thought all the quarterbacks looked pretty strong. Yeah, um, plays of the day. We mentioned the two balls by Eason. I thought that Jacob Hayner had a really nice one to Terrell Bynum, where he's basically getting tackled by. Um, uh, Kyler Gordon, Luke, any other plays that jumped out at you today? Yeah, I mean, this one wasn't a super exciting play in terms of outcome, but uh, it was Dominic Hampton. There's a deep ball thrown to Marcus Spiker, and they're basically hip for hip, and Dom Hampton did a good job of legally kind of boxing him out and using that size that we've talked about from Dom Hampton being like 6'2", 205 to his advantage. And, and I also thought there was a great kind of welcome to college football moment for Cameron Williams because there was a deep ball where he was covering uh, Hunter Bryant one-on-one. And he really tried to get get in him a little bit, and he was able to pass defense the ball eventually. But it was yeah, one of those where if Brian had made the catch, it would have been you know if it had been a game, it would have been a, a Sports Center top ten highlight because mm-hmm. it was one of those falling down type of, of, of passes, like the one that Ty Jones made last year, yeah. falling down in the end zone. It was one of those kind of plays, but he wasn't able to come up with it. But it was a nice play by Cameron Williams. But it was kind of like. Okay, here you go. You're going against a 240-pound tight end going down the middle. Have some fun. Guys that we saw on the sidelines, Will Conroy was there in his letterman's jacket. I didn't see Will, but um, uh, Hugh Millen was there, uh, Jordan Miller, uh, Drew Sample, uh, Jake Locker. Team, I, I call it Team Locker. He was there with his two young boys. Um, Tim um, Callen. Tim Cowan was there, so anybody Dick else was yeah, Dick, Dick was there. <laughs> there. Dick was there, so it was good to see some of those guys. Uh, a few recruits there as well, Scott. Yeah, Garen Hatchett was there, uh, Kaysen Kinchin. Garen Hatchett's the O-lineman from Ferndale. He actually came down with Jake Locker. Um, uh, Kaysen Kinchin, um, the cornerback from Lake Stevens, um, was there. Uh, Aiden Hector, the cornerback from Eastside Catholic, was also there. And then there was a huge group of there weren't top-end recruits. I, I kind of asked around. There, there weren't a lot of top-end recruits in this group, but it was a group of, what, probably 40? 
Would no, you say? Was, I thought there was at least 20 guys. I saw some of them yeah. were from St. John Bosco. Some of them were from Modern Day. Long um, Beach Poly. Yeah. Um, Santiago, was it? Uh, was Ethan Garber's here today? Absolutely, yeah. Garber. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, but I think I don't want to speak again. I don't want to speak out of turn because I just I saw one real briefly the the badge, but it looked like maybe Trevin Mai's younger brother was one of these guys that, that was there in the group. So again, I'm going to have to look that up, and we're going to have to do some research on it. But there was a, t- I mean, all of a sudden, about two thirds of the way through practice, there's about twenty or twenty five, you know, fo- clear big football boys, players, yeah. big guys come rolling in. And it's like, oh, okay, this is interesting. So, and a ton of St. John Bosco backpacks and modern day backpacks and what have you. So I thought that was interesting. The modern day guys, that's uh, Mike Hopkins, alma mater. Mike brought him in. Yeah. That's <laughs> what it is. But uh, uh, no, uh, practice tomorrow is closed to the media. Uh, three practices open to us next week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Mm-hmm. So we'll be covering that in depth. Final thoughts from today, Mr. Munger? Uh, no, I think we kind of touched on it, but it, it's I feel like rare in spring ball, especially this early, to see a day where the offense is really producing. Uh, but it's clear that with the talented arms they have at quarterback and the young talent they have at receiver as well, that they have at least the potential to kind of make those highlight plays. So I thought it was encouraging to see that. Um, Scott Eklund? Uh, I, you know, I, I kind of echo. I mean, it's hard to not to echo what Luke said. Um, Maybe just say it a little bit better. Um, but, uh, wow. <laughs> but no, seriously, though, um, quarterbacks look good. I thought all of them looked confident and good reads and nice passes and, and uh, everything. The, the receivers caught the ball when they were supposed to. Um, and uh, the defense still still did their thing a little bit. So uh, brought a little bit of attitude, too. I think they were getting a little frustrated with some of the big plays kind of coming up against them. Kim made the comment about Thule giving an extra shove to Richard – or no, it was – Austin Osborne uh, that had an extra shove thrown on him, and why not? Um, yeah, and Keith Taylor, Keith Taylor kind of pushed a guy after after something. They were they were getting a little chippy out there because they weren't they didn't like those big passes happening. Uh, Chris Fetters, final thoughts? Yeah, I thought it was interesting because I thought you know this was going to be a day where it was a lot of fundamentals early, some special team work, oh. a lot of bags and, and 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 trash cans and things like that. And I'm thinking, okay, when are we going to see some teamwork? And finally, when they got to the team period and all of a sudden Easton starts dropping Boom. bombs, the place got live. And it got live in a hurry. I mean, it really loud, did. It so. got loud. The offense got really loud. Um, it, it just, it just, it almost felt like the energy just went up from like 75 to like 175, mm-hmm. um, which was fun to see. And um, so I thought that was good because of all the recruits that were there. Um, I will also say, too, that it's, it's disappointing to have so many guys out early. Um, you know, like a guy like Zion. Tupola Fatui, you want to see him work. He's a big guy. He's athletic. You want to see him run around, and he's not really doing much. Uh, Samapama, to his credit, did more today than he did Wednesday, but he still looks kind of limited. And then, obviously, the stuff with Ty Jones is disappointing, especially when you add Aaron Fuller and Quentin Pounds into that mix, too. So, you Jacob know, Bandis. yeah, Jacob Bandis wasn't there as well today. So, there, you know, you're just, you're just kind of slowly but surely. Guys are already starting to fall by the wayside, which is disappointing. And, you know, for instance, they only have four or five outside linebackers that were working with Pete Krakowski today. I mean, if Ariel Nada hadn't been working with them today, I think they would have had Joe Tryon, Ryan Bowman, uh, Miles Rice, and, uh, God, I don't even know. I think they may have only had those three three or four guys. Mm-hmm. So 
it's you know they're they're not they don't have great numbers at certain spots right now and and obviously when when a guy like Coach K is waiting for a Braylon Trice and he's you know waiting for a Leatu Latu you know for those guys to show up he he's got to be anxious too but uh, I thought overall this was the the day that the offense bounced back. This team loses a lot of high end talent with Kayla McGarry, um, Byron Murphy. They're losing Taylor Rapp. They're losing. Uh, um, Jordan Miller and Miles Gaskin, they're losing a lot of top-end talent. Make no mistake about it, this is a really, really good football team. And with the way the schedule's set up, uh, they could be better than they were last year, even with losing all the talent. They've got a lot of depth and they've got a lot of talent. So uh, it's fun to come out here and watch. We've been doing this a long time, Chris, and this is as well as this program's ever been run since we've been doing this. So um, it's fun to watch. It really is. They run a tight ship. And, again, practice is just so well organized and it's a well-oiled machine. There's not a lot of downtime. There's not a lot of standing around. They get their work done. So uh, for all of us at dogman.com, I'm Kim Grenolds, along with Chris Fetter, Scott Eklund, Luke Munger, and LJ. Go dogs.